Hello and welcome to the first episode of the How to Invest podcast. We say investing is for everyone and this series will give you all the information you need to get started. I'm Sam Barker and I'm joined by Interactive Investors Head of Personal Finance, Moira O'Neill. And today we're going to answer the question, what is investing? So let's take this right the way back to the beginning. Moira, can you explain what investing is, please? Well, my first mantra is it's not buying an investment purchase like a handbag or a painting or a fancy watch. Lots of people talk about I've invested in something nice. And really, my definition of investing is not something that could be stolen or go out of fashion or be damaged. It's something that will grow over time and preferably give you an income while you wait for it to grow. And so that leads us to investments such as stock market investments. And here we're talking about shares in companies that um, will hopefully grow over the long term. And for many companies, particularly larger companies, they pay out dividends to their shareholders. So that's an annual bit of income that's a, a very nice thing to get as you wait for your investment to grow. So it's growth with a bit of income. And under that definition, another thing which I would say qualifies as investing is a buy-to-let property, which a lot of our nation is, uh, is interested in doing because that will hopefully grow in value over time and it gives you a rental income while you wait for it to grow. Buy-to-let properties, obviously, you need a lot of money, particularly in some parts of the country, to get started. Stocks and shares, you can start investing with very small amounts and build it up over time. And obviously with a buy-to-let property, you're probably all invested in one big lumpy thing that might be difficult to sell um, at certain, uh, quickly. Stocks and shares, you can buy and sell them on a daily basis, on an hourly basis. So they're what's called liquid investments. You know, you can put as much or as little in as you like and you can diversify between a whole range of different types of investments in the stock market so that you're not putting all your risk in one place or all your eggs in one basket, as we also say. Okay, thank you very much, Moira. And why would someone invest? What are some of the common reasons that people will have when they go down this path? Well, well, first of all, someone who's thinking about investing should have enough money saved up as an emergency fund. So they have that in the safely in the bank or building society and they'll feel comfortable with that amount. So between three to six months salary, just in case you lose your job or you need an emergency purchase, etc. And then you're starting to look at having surplus savings in the bank after that. And you might not feel that your money is working hard enough in the bank because interest rates are so low. But over time, it's been shown that actually keeping your money in savings in the bank doesn't grow your money fast. It might just make your money hold its value as we have in inflation that can erode the value of your money. So that's the first starting point. And then there are all sorts of reasons why people are investing their money. And I think we should all be clear about what those are when we start. So biggest one is investing for retirement, which we all know is a, we all know we need to do. And it's going to take a long time to build up the right amount of funds. And many of us are investing with like 30 year horizons in mind. Another big one, which is uh, for, for parents, is investing for university, for, for your kids' education. Some parents invest for school fees as well. 
Another reason is maybe um, investing for future generations, so grandparents might want to leave something to their grandchildren. Younger folks these days may even be investing for a deposit on a house because uh, they might think I've got, I'm not going to achieve this within the next five years so I might try and put my money in something that's going to grow over that time. And others just have a special pot of money that they're investing for something special like a, a wedding in the future or the, even for a trip of a lifetime. I think it's for all of us it's, it's good to know when you're starting investing what you are investing for and what your time horizon is for that investment because if you know you can stash it away for a, a very long period of time you can probably afford to take a little bit more risk with that money. So we've asked what is investing but we should also ask what are investments so Moira you've mentioned stocks and shares obviously is a very common investment and we've also discussed some things which are often bundled in to the, the general camp of stocks and shares but maybe perhaps shouldn't be. So what options are there for people to invest in and how do they go about making those investments please making that first step? Okay Sam, well in, in terms of stock market investments you can buy individual shares in companies listed on the stock exchange, uh, not just the London Stock Exchange but stock exchanges around the world, many younger investors are into the US tech stocks etc. So you can buy those shares individually and build up a portfolio of a collection of, of shares from different industrial sectors and different geographies around the world, which is a really exciting and interesting way to do it. But you can also do investing via something called collective investments. We also tend to call them funds, investment funds. And here your money is pooled with that of other investors and a professional fund manager then manages the whole pot um, on behalf of, of the investors who are in it. That can be a really great way to get started and even just to take some of the, the time and energy and thought process away from, from a, you know, because it, if you're investing in, in individual shares, you need to put quite a lot of time and resource into the research. So funds are a great way to get started. Many investors um, have hold funds alongside individual shares, so they might hold a core portfolio made up of one or two or three investment funds, and then they manage a few shares alongside it as, as satellites, and that's called core and satellite, and it's a very common way of investing. There are different types of funds, of course. Um, there are several different structures that you need to get to grips with. The oldest type of, um, of fund, which um, many think you call the city's best kept secrets, is a, it's called an investment trust. That is um, actually listed on the stock market. So you can buy it like you would buy a share, but it gives you exposure to a whole range of diversified investments. And in fact, an investment trust is really like a company whose business is to invest in other companies uh, on behalf of its um, shareholders. There are a more widely known type of fund is an open-ended fund, and that's where your money is, is pulled with that of others. And if there are more people investing in the fund, the fund gets bigger, the fund falls out of favour, then people start taking their money out, then, then the fund manager would have to sell some of the investments to as the fund goes smaller. Um, and those types of funds are very, very common. There are literally thousands of them. 
And then there's a more modern type of fund called an exchange-traded fund. Again, it's a, it's a sort of hybrid between a, a share and a fund, but they, they are very good at getting access to different parts of the markets um, and thematic investing. And they've, they've become quite popular among younger investors because you can really easily trade in and out of them. Most of them are of the exchange-traded funds are passive funds which brings me on to another important difference that beginner investors need to get to grips with, and that's the difference between active and passive investing. So passives are, are also called tracker funds. They follow the performance um, of a particular market or a particular stock market index. So for example, FTSE 100 index of the biggest companies on the London Stock Exchange, a, a, a passive fund tracking that would just aim to replicate the performance of those hundred companies. An active fund that's investing in the London Stock Exchange would aim to outperform the FTSE 100 index and try and deliver more growth or more income and of course there's always the risk that it might not achieve that goal. Lots of people like passive funds because the, the goals are simple and over time um, your money builds up nicely. Some prefer the chance to get, earn a bit more and to grow a bit faster with active management. And many investors blend the two together. Ah, so we now know that these things are out there, these are options that are available to investors. If I was a beginner investor, I might be asking, well, you know, I know that these things exist, but I don't know how to access them. How do I, you know, how would people go about accessing these things for the first time? Well, you need to go onto an investment platform, which has nothing to do with railway stations. It's a bit like a supermarket for investing, where you can choose from a whole range of, of shares, funds, investment trusts, international shares as well, and it's all there to, to pick and choose from. It may look a bit daunting, because you'll have literally thousands and thousands of options, but most investment platforms, including Interactive Investor, try and work really hard to make it easy. So we whittle down lists of those, those thousands of funds to just um, 60. For example, to help you choose, we show how you can build portfolios from funds with just um, eight or 10 funds. You can put together a portfolio and we give examples of how that's done. Uh, and we also have something called our quick start funds, which you if you don't want to choose from 60 funds or to follow a model portfolio, there is uh, an option there for one fund that will do it all and be a one-stop shop for you. And you could literally just buy one of our quick start funds and, and leave it. Uh, and it would do a good job for you. Excellent. That's how people can take their, take their first steps. So anyone new to investing will be, by definition, a saver at the moment. They'll have their, most likely have this, this kind of three to six months worth of emergency cash squirreled away and they're now looking at, at perhaps you know, what else they can do to make their money work a bit harder. So what are some of the advantages of investing over, over saving, please? Well, when you have your savings, um, which many people save diligently, and um, I think the evidence shows that women in particular are very good at saving and stashing money away for emergencies or for their kids. But the problem with saving is that your money is not necessarily going to keep pace with inflation. So the inflation is the annual rise in the cost of goods and then the interest that you get has to match inflation or beat it in order for your money to hold its value when you're saving in the bank. 
and over time it's very difficult to do that unless you're completely on top of it you you switch bank accounts to the best rates all the time you actively manage your portfolio of savings which is very time consuming and even so you may find you don't beat inflation uh, and at the moment where we are um, interest rates are very very low we've still got inflation within the economy and it's going to be very difficult for people to make sure that their money holds its value. So investing has shown over time that it can keep pace with inflation and deliver quite a bit over time. On top of that, over the very long periods of time, the stock market has performed much better than keeping your savings in the bank. Now, there are no guarantees here. We, we can't say that what's happened in the past is going to happen in the future but it's all we have to go on at the same time. If you know that you can put your money away for at least five years, even better if you know you can put your money away for at least 10 years, then you should really be thinking about investing in the, in the stock market. And there are lots of brilliant tax efficient ways to do that. So you can put your money into a pension where you get top up tax relief from the government. You can put it into an ISA where it can grow free of um, income and capital gains taxes. Those are really great places to put your investments. And what would you say to anyone who is maybe slightly wary of investing, not sure they want to take that first step? What would you say to people in that position? Well, I always say look at a very long-term graph of the stock market. So I'm talking about over the last 50 years. And you can see in that graph that there might have been some terrible things that happened along the way. Horrible market crashes, political disasters, environmental disasters, all sorts of things. And when you look at the very long-term graph, they look like little bit blips along the way. And the trend is upwards over, over time. And I think that's what will give people the confidence that you know these awful things have happened in the past. There's an awful thing happening in 2020. There's a global pandemic that over time things should improve. But I'd also say, you know, if you're very wary, you don't need to put all your money in in one go. You can drip feed it in regularly. You can put, it, put in a certain amount every month and make sure that, that makes sure you're not going to buy at the wrong time. Or it also is a really healthy discipline because you're making sure that it, you're just paying your future self every month. And the other really big tip for, for someone who's wary is keep your costs low the cost of investing low because that is something you can really control. I mean you can't really control where the stock market's going to go, what's going to happen, but you can make sure that your costs are low and if you do that the power of compounding works in your favour. So you'll be even small savings today can end up being thousands of pounds in 30 years and they could give you a real boost over time. Thank you Moira. So that wraps up the first episode of How to Invest. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed it, please leave us a rating and follow us on whichever platform you're listening on. If you have any questions about investing, you can send them to me at sam.barker at ii.co.uk or message us on all the usual social media channels.